today. Today's a little bit. Today's a little bit bittersweet because uh, we have to um, say farewell to a really amazing intern, and so I wanted to kind of announce that before um, uh, I move on to uh, Proverbs. Uh, Rachel Jaster, is she ever here? You want to stand up real quick? I'll embarrass her. But um, I, I made sure she told uh, some of the girls in her group before I said this publicly, but she, she came to me about two weeks ago, and she just said, you know, I'm really having some, you can sit down now, by the way, I'll make you stand the entire time, really make it awkward for you. Um, but she came to me about two weeks ago and said, hey, I just really feel like I'm just stretched really thin. I just feel like I don't know what to do, and she's wanting so badly to stay involved here and stay committed to here. And she's telling me her list of things she's involved in, and I'm just going, look, I'll make this decision really easy for you. Like, let me just make it for you because your schedule and your life right now is just crazy. And so um, her desire and her her mission, she felt, was to stay here with us and try to find a way to make it work. But I just said, look, you know, you're you're amazing for you. You served the last year and a half here, and um, and she's graduating in May and just did not know how she would keep up the pace that she was currently at. So she's not really going anywhere and moving anywhere. So um, those that have been close to her can stay, obviously stay in touch with her. But today will be her last uh, Sunday with us. So um, before she leaves today, make sure you give her a hug, tell her you love her, pray for her, and uh, make sure you guys do that before she walks out of here this morning, okay? Well, we normally like to have cake and ice cream, but it's Sunday. Kind of hard to pull that off on a Sunday. Um, but so, yeah. Uh, so make sure you, you talk with her before she leaves today. So we really appreciate your service. You've been an amazing uh, servant uh, with us. We appreciate you for that. So thank you. Give her a hand. That was the best clap you guys have given all morning. Your other ones were all lame, uh, just so you're aware of that. Okay, turn to Proverbs chapter 2. We're in Proverbs, and we're titling the series Wisdom for Idiots, kind of a play off the books you've seen in bookstores, um, computers for dummies, computers for idiots, and so on, because the great thing about those books is that when you buy one of those kinds of books, you have to admit that you don't know something, and this is just what Proverbs is. It's a book that you have to come to with some humility, saying, I don't know certain things about life, and I want to learn some great wisdom from someone who has great wisdom. So, everyone knows that when you're young, for the most part, we're, we're pretty much idiots when we're young, correct? Do you guys agree with this premise, right? Um, you know this to be true. If you need proof or evidence of this, uh, just when you watch TV and you see a riot happening somewhere in the world, all right, just look at the people who are in the riot, Okay. You don't typically see a 98-year-old grandfather throwing, like, Molotov cocktails, do you? That's not really what you see in those kinds of settings. Now, um, so, so you know that, just turn on the TV, look at, look at protests, look at riots. It's typically younger people that are expressing their frustration with government and so on, which is always funny to me because when governments hand down some legislation or make some law, and people riot in protest against it, it to me it kind of proves the point, does it not? It, it proves the point. This is exactly why you're not in charge, right? You're, you're throwing gasoline and fire into the streets. This is why someone else is in charge and why you're not in charge, right? Um, also think about, anyone here know the age 
the, the lower age limit for being president of the U.S.? Do you guys know the, the age of that? 35? It's 35. You're exactly right, which means, which means I am one year away. I'm 34. I am one year away from being eligible. So, I don't know, 2016 maybe? Who knows? But here's why that rule's in place. That, listen up. That law's in place because everyone knows that, for the most part, that young people like us, we're idiots, right? We don't know what we're doing most of the time. And, and so they make a rule like that to, to keep people like, to keep the girls from voting for like Justin Bieber, okay? Uh, can you imagine if he became, he would change the national anthem to one of his annoying songs, right? So this is why, this is why people who are in charge are typically older more experienced, more wise. I am not putting myself in that category because I don't have that many gray hairs yet, so I'm not quite there. But for the most part, um, Proverbs helps us navigate life. It helps us navigate life. So the first verse we looked at was uh, chapter 1, verse 7, a couple weeks ago. That verse says, go to the next slide. The key verse for the whole book of Proverbs is this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The whole book is going to talk about there are two paths you can go down. There's the way of wisdom, and there's the way of the fool. There's the way of fearing God, and there's the way of fearing man. Everyone fears someone. You can fear God, or you can fear man. Fearing man is going to lead to a foolish way of living your life. Fearing God is going to lead to wisdom and discernment, knowledge of God, fear of God. So this, this passage is the key to unlock the entire book of Proverbs. So if chapter 1 tells us that we should fear God and listen to wisdom, chapter 2 comes along and I think is a very profound chapter because it answers the question that every single teenager asks, and it's what? What does every teenager ask all the time? One word. Why? Exactly. Every young person, whatever someone tells you to do something or not, the question is why? It's not just you guys. It's four-year-old kids. My son understands the word why now. I don't like this, okay? He's, he has to, I have to explain everything to him, right? And I'm like, I don't know, son, because I'm your father. Just do it, right? And so we ask this question, Why? So this whole chapter is telling us why wisdom matters. Look at uh, verse 1 of chapter 2. Here's what it says. It says, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Now this is not like an overbearing, listen to what I say. This is like an invitation. Just, my child, listen to what I say. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. And treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom. And concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver and seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. Go ahead and discuss questions one through four. Go ahead and discuss.
Okay, let's talk about these first five verses. There's so much you can get to on this, right? Um, well, it's like 11.50, so we've got to run. We've got to sprint through this. Um, so the first five verses, I think, are the key to this whole section. I don't want to sound this morning like an old guy just ranting about some things. I want to make sure you understand. Everything I say this morning, I'm including myself in this. I'm yelling at myself as I yell at you, okay? So I started thinking about this passage, and I started thinking about how Is it just me, or do Christians seem really shallow today? Right? It's just me. It's it's all me, okay? And I'm including myself in this. Because when I was, uh, I think back to just a few years ago, when I was in high school and even college, um, it, it seemed like there was a couple of distractions. One of them, of course, was television. There was... Um, maybe a few other things as well, but for the most part, that was it, right? Now it's, other night I'm actually on my couch, on my iPhone, laptop open in front of me while the TV's on. Do you guys ever do that? Do you guys ever do that? Okay, so, so I'm, I'm guessing that if I'm, if I'm doing that, then I'm guessing that probably some of you are doing that. And I don't want to sound like an old guy just ranting about media today, but here's what I think it's doing. I, I find it, it doing this to me all the time. If I spend my evening like that, just watching football, just being on Facebook, reading stuff online, just whatever, I literally feel like my brain has this weird feel to it afterwards. Do you feel that? Is it just me that feels that? I, I, feel, like, I feel like an idiot afterwards. I feel like I'm getting dumber, Okay. And so, and what I find is that um, when my wife comes home and instead of us having a conversation about something important, we're just kind of like, just kind of drooling and we're just kind of like, eh, I don't really know what to talk about, right? And, and so it's, I really feel like we are becoming more and more shallow as Christians and as people because of so much distraction that we have going on in our lives. And this relates to this passage because this is telling us that we have to fight for wisdom. We have to go get it. We have to go get wisdom. We can't just expect it to arrive magically, right? It's true that you are saved by grace. You are saved not by works, but by grace, right? But once you become a Christian, it's true. This verse is saying that you have to go after and go get wisdom. In a sense, work for it. Not, it's not a non-gracious thing to say, but it means that God's given us ways we can go after wisdom, search for wisdom like you would a treasure. And here's the problem, though. I think many of us, including me, are failing miserably at this. Are we not? We are failing miserably at this. The other day, I'll just tell you straight up. I'll be blunt with you this morning. I'm, two weeks ago, on Sunday morning, I'm walking the back row back there, and during worship, I mean, Dan's up here playing some songs. He's reading the Bible in between songs. And, and there's just two guys in the back playing video games on their phones. I know you're like, oh, I'm like, you all do it. Don't lie, right? Everybody here does that, something like that. Something else is more important. And I'm like, I'm like I reacted. I was like, hey, put it away. You know, I don't have a cell phone rule in this room, but maybe I need one because we can't stay focused. 
we can't, we can't cut things out for a moment to allow God to speak wisdom to us. We get so distracted and so just distracted when it comes to these kinds of things. And I'm including myself in that. This is me as well. And what I, I mean, for some of you people, I'm at, for some of you guys especially, I'm just trying to help you find a wife one day, okay? Like, seriously. I'm, I mean, she's not going to care how many angry birds you killed on your iPhone. She's not going to care about that, right? And so, so as I think about this dilemma that we're in, we've got to understand something, that wisdom does not just arrive magically. God doesn't just zap you with it. You've got to search for it like you would a treasure. And here's the deal. I know that for you girls, that may not be your uh, stumbling block video games, but it's other things. You know what those things would be. And you've got to ask yourself the question, am I going to be a person who settles for a shallow Christian life, or am I someone who wants to go after wisdom and have a deep, meaningful walk with God? Because I'll just give you some examples. Here's some ways where I feel like God wants you to search for wisdom. God, God wants you to chase wisdom. There are so many resources available to you today that we don't take advantage of. The first one, of course, is prayer. That might sound like a new thing to us, but talking to God, literally just talking to him, reading, opening up your Bible, okay? This is very simple, but this is where I struggle as well. But these are ways where God wants you to search and get wisdom. Listening to podcasts of people preaching the word of God, there's two guys I always recommend to you. is Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll, two amazing men of God who preach the word of God faithfully, do it very, very well. We also even podcast Sunday morning from here. We put that on the church website, and we podcast that for that very reason. There's other ways to, that you can search and seek out wisdom. There's a couple of books. I just, I just read a book called Real Marriage by Mark Driscoll because I want to be a better husband and father to my family. I read a book a while back uh, on parenting by, by a guy named Ted Tripp on how to shepherd your, your child's heart. And so these are just ways, that I'm not trying to brag, I'm just trying to let you know that I'm in the struggle with you, but we should all be on this journey of trying to grow ourselves, trying to let God impact us with wisdom. And we've got to search for it. You've got to, you've got to work hard at this. And it is harder than ever in the world that we live in today. Because if you're like me, I will actually premeditate. I'm going to go go home. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to get on the iPhone. I'm not going to get on the computer. I'm going to go home and read my Bible. Once I put the kids to bed, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do today. And then I get home and what happens? I'm doing everything I said I wasn't going to do. It's like something in us just goes, "Uh, I'll just read ESPN.com real quick. And an hour later, you're like, where'd the time go? Right? And so we've got to be committed to this idea that you've got to search for wisdom. You've got to seek after it. Anybody here know um, random questions? This is actually leading somewhere. But anybody here know why the 49ers are called the 49ers? Any idea? Yes? Why? Okay, the gold mine rush, 1849. And 
these men, 1849, there was gold discovered in California. These men, many of them left their families, moved across the country in search of little bits of gold in the hopes that they get rich. And look at the dedication it took to go that far just to find some little bits of gold, a little bit of treasure. This is the exact kind of dedication that we have to have when it comes to searching for wisdom. Do we have that kind of dedication to to find wisdom, to search after wisdom in the way that God wants us to? Look at verse 6. It says, For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. So who, give, who gives wisdom? Who gives it? God does. So here's the, the weird part. Even you, when you go and search after it to try to find wisdom, it's not as if when you find it you can say, hey, look what I got, and pat yourself on the back. It's God who, in his grace, bestows wisdom upon us even when we go search for it. It's God who grants wisdom. So this should always lead to humility, not to pride. If if someone speaks wise words into your life, you thank God for his grace in that moment. You don't pat yourself on the back and say, look what I did, I I found wisdom. You thank God for that that moment. Look at uh, verse 9. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. In verse 10, he's saying that wisdom isn't something you just get and apply. Wisdom isn't just intellectual knowledge that you use to unlock some situation in your life. What he's saying is that wisdom does something really profound. It actually enters into your being, enters into your heart and soul, and changes you from the inside out. How many of you can think of a certain kind of food that you used to hate, but now you totally love? You can think of, okay, what, what, what might that be? Peanut butter? Why are you ever against peanut butter? I've got a problem with you now. You just hated peanut butter. Okay, so you hated broccoli, um, Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts, uh, what else? So, so you went from hating something to totally loving it. Like you, you don't just tolerate it, you totally love it now. Is that what you're saying to me? See, for me, this issue was, this was seafood. I grew up on the East Coast, and there was tons of seafood available all the time, but I could not stand the smell of rancid seafood. It was just disgusting to me. I couldn't stand it. But for some, for some reason, in my mid-20s, something changed. I don't know what that was. And I love seafood now. I can't get enough seafood in my body. I'm just like, I love shrimp. I love crab cakes. I love all of that. It's awesome, okay? And, but here's what happened. I don't know how this changed, but something in me changed to where I desire the very thing I used to hate, right? This is kind of what wisdom does to you, okay? You start to desire things you never, ever desired before. You start, it almost changes your taste buds to an extent, where you start to desire things like you never desired before in a completely different way. 
Wisdom changes you, completely changes you. I want you to look at verse, uh, verse 12. Wisdom will save you from evil people. From those whose words are twisted, these men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong, and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked, and their ways are wrong. So now he's starting to tell us about, this is what wisdom does for you. Wisdom has this protective nature to your life. Wisdom protects you from evil people who want to do harm to you. And so in in this, in your culture, I think this is really important because in your place right now in high school, I think we can be really, really gullible and naive. I think you can start to associate with people that you think you can trust, especially when it comes to girls dating guys that take advantage of them. I think girls are especially... um, can have trouble in this area where they start to date certain guys they think they can trust and they're bad dudes. They're just not the kind of guys she should be dating. I think we can be gullible and naive thinking that certain people have our best interests in mind when they really don't. They have their best interests in mind. And so wisdom and discernment has this protective quality to it where it protects you from these kinds, these kinds of people. Have you ever said the statement, if, if only I hadn't met that person way back when in your life? Because when you met that person, your, your life took a turn for the worse. And you say, if, if I only hadn't met that person. But the real problem isn't that person. The real problem is you lacked wisdom. The real problem is you lacked discernment in your youth. You trusted that person. And, and you lacked wisdom in that situation. Look at verse 16. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of the promiscuous woman. She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she made before God. Entering her house leads to death. It is the road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. Now he's getting really practical here. There is a certain kind of woman, girl, that you would put in the category of the enticer or the seducer. Now you all probably laugh and think, yeah, that's, that's kind of some fictitious thing. But obviously, this is real. There, this, is, this is, I know here it's talking about someone who's married. And you might be thinking, I don't have any married women chasing me, right? But here's the deal, though. This, this applies to anyone who has this this seductive personality, the girl who is the enticer, okay? Now, this applies because I think there are plenty of young girls like this in our culture, are there not? There are plenty of, of young girls that, are, that have this struggle, I think, in our culture. And, and so when, when I think of, when, when I say the word sexual sin, most of you, I think, think of guys and their lust problem, but Girls struggle with lust too, but in a different way. You see, guys, guys desire, but girls want to be desired. That's their lust. Now, here's the deal, though. I'm not saying these things are completely wrong and bad. God, God made the man to desire. He made the girl to want to be desired. But here's what happens, though. When sin enters the picture, everything gets twisted. And so for this girl, instead of her wanting to be desired by her husband one day... 
She is just looking for any and every guy that she's trying to entice or seduce. And this most often happens with the girl who really struggles with her dad. This most often happens with the kind of girl who doesn't, either doesn't have a dad or doesn't have one that loves her in the way that Christ wants her to be loved. And so what this girl does is her desire to be loved, be, to be loved turns sexualized, and she begins to seek for it in all kinds of unhealthy relationships, and she becomes this enticer and this seducer, trying to find any and every guy who will just show her that kind of love. And it becomes sexualized. And they search for it through sexuality. And so there's that kind of girl, but there's also a warning here for the guy. And and for the guys, this writer is telling us, stay away from that kind of girl. Stay away from that kind of of person. And I know at your age, there's, it's, it's tough being like age 14 to 18 as a guy, because all you think about is, but she's hot, right? That's where your mind goes. So you're just, but she's attractive, right? But here's the, here's the deal, though. But does she have character? It, it, is the person you're, you're drawn to, does she have character? Does she have a fear of God? You know, there was a couple of, of girls I dated in high school that um, I had, like, I guess two, I guess, major dating relationships in high school that went on for more than, you know, a few months or so. And, and I tell you what, I mean, both of these girls, I realized very quickly, but I did not end the relationship as quick as I should. Both of these girls had no character. Both of them tried to push the envelope physically. Both of them, I would say, were this kind of girl and got me into deep waters of sin. And I felt convicted about it, but not enough to in the relationship. And so once God got a hold of me and I was convicted to the point where I decided I'm going to end this relationship, I was so glad that I did because for both those girls, they kind of went off the deep end into other kinds of sin. And God spared me, not because of me, but because of his grace. And so, but I had to see their character for who they really were before I would make that decision. And wouldn't it be great if, if you could put on some kind of glasses, like magic glasses, that you could see someone's true character, right? Like if, if you saw some, like, really attractive girl and you just put the glasses on, like she would just turn ugly, right? And you would, like, see her for her character, right? I wish that someone would invent something like that, right? And so, so but here's the deal, though. That, that's kind of like what wisdom does, though. Wisdom gives you lenses, discernment, to see someone for who they really are. You see someone for their character. And when you have this kind of wisdom inside of you, changing you, leading to a greater fear of God, you'll be able to look at someone and say, that is not the kind of person I want to be with. Because that's not the kind of person I want to become. Because you're going to become like the people that you're around. That's just what happens. And so if, if you walk in wisdom as a young guy, you'll be able to have the self-control to say no to a girl who is like the enticer or the seducer. You see, sin, sin is not just an event. 
that happens one time. Sin is usually a pathway that you're on. So if you're someone here right now and you struggle with pornography right now, that will lead to physical adultery one day. I guarantee it. The pornography is bad in its own right, but it's going to lead to something else. You're already on this pathway. Sin is a path. It's never just an event, a one-time event. And so um, what I want you to think about is this. Many of us get caught up in these kinds of relationships, and we say things like, well, if I had just been smarter, if I just pick a different kind of person, if I just pick a different person, then it'll all be fixed. But here's the question, though. Why are you attracted to bad people? What is it in you that is drawn to people that don't want to fear God? What is it in your heart that's messed up with sin that you're drawn to that kind of person? Because you can't see it as just, oh, I made a mistake. I just chose the wrong person. I'll try to choose better next time. What is it in you that's drawn and attracted to a person who doesn't fear God? Because when you have wisdom, when you've got Christ working himself out in your life, it will change the kind of people that you desire to be around. It will change the kind of people that you're drawn to and attracted to. I want you to look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. Follow the steps of good men instead and stay on the paths of the righteous. For only the godly will live in the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be removed from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted. Once again, here's what he's saying. How do you get wisdom? How do you get wisdom? You follow people who have it. You put yourself around people who have wisdom. Leaders who have wisdom. Friends who have wisdom. I want just for a moment the leaders, the the adults, interns, volunteers, to go ahead and stand up just where you're at. Just go ahead and stand just briefly. If you're an intern or volunteer with us, go ahead and stand up. And the reason why these guys and girls are in this room is because these are your leaders. These are your shepherds. These are the people that you can look to and say, I want to know how to live life. I want to know how to navigate through life. These are people you can look to. That's why they're here. They're a resource for you. Look to them. Ask them questions about life. Ask them questions about relationships. You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. One of the things that I love about being a high school pastor is every once in a while, I'll get a text message or a call from one of you guys just asking for wisdom in some area of your life. And I love that. It blows me away that you're searching for it. You're seeking after it. And so what I want you to do is, is go ahead and close with your last four questions and go ahead and pray at your tables when you're done, and then you'll be dismissed. Go ahead and discuss.